Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. G'day, Gateway. I hope you've really enjoyed worshipping God together in all of our campuses this morning. And I hope you've really enjoyed our Gateway Beyond series over the last four weeks. You know, today's a really exciting day. Today's a really exciting day every year as we give a generous gift on Commitment Sunday to see more people receive the good news of Jesus locally and globally. I'm blown away every year by your generosity. I'm blown away by your generosity to give, to see the good news go to the poor, to see the the hungry fed, to see the sick healed, and to see people set free from sin. I uh, love your generosity. I just see the Spirit of God at work in our church, and I'm confident that once again, we're going to give a generous gift that will make an eternal difference in people's lives. I wonder today, what is the best gift you've ever received? Maybe a really good gift, a really unexpected gift that you've received at some time in your past. You know, when I was 18, I received a really unexpected gift. My 18th birthday, my grandmother gave me a silver serving spoon. I had no idea what to do with a silver serving spoon at 18. And I have no idea whether she forgot that she gave it to me or she really believed that I needed more than one because for my 19th birthday, I got a matching silver serving spoon. The funny thing is, I've still got both of these spoons 30 years later and I use them all the time. Unexpected gift. You know, there was an unexpected gift I received when I turned 20. Susan gave me this shirt as a gift for my 20th birthday. I mean, I'm colorblind, but even I can tell this is not blue. I must have loved her a lot because I wore this shirt a lot. You know, I turn 50 this year. Big birthday. I think a big birthday deserves a big gift. I know all my kids are listening somewhere in one of our campuses. Your dad has given you some really good gifts over the years, and you've all got good jobs now. It's time for poor old dad to get a good gift when he turns 50. You know, we've all received some good gifts, some unexpected gifts in the past. But I wonder if you've ever received a gift that you've never opened. You actually never opened it to discover if it was good or not. You wouldn't know if it was unexpected because you never opened it. That would be a waste. You know, if we look back through history, we look back in the history of Israel and God rescued his people from slavery in Egypt. He set them free, saved them, and he delivered them into the promised land. And he gave them some really good gifts. And one of these gifts, they only got to open every 50 years. It was a once in a lifetime gift. Every 50 years, they got to enjoy 
this incredible gift, and it was a good gift. It was an unexpected gift. Let's read it together in Leviticus chapter 25. If you've got a Bible, open it to Leviticus 25, or it'll come up on the screen. It says this, Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee. Everyone in every campus say jubilee. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family, property and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and it is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. What an incredible gift. A once in a lifetime gift. Every 50 years, the trumpet would sound and the people were given an incredible gift to open and to enjoy. The year of Jubilee was a gift of rest. Everyone got to rest, got to enjoy time with family, enjoy worshiping God. It was an incredible rest. The year of Jubilee was a gift of forgiveness. All debts were canceled. If you'd got yourself into debt in the last 49 years, your debt was cancelled in the year of Jubilee on the 50th year. It was good news for the poor. It was a gift of forgiveness and it was a gift of freedom. If you'd gotten so poor that you had sold yourself to work as a slave on somebody else's farm, you were set free. You were set free from slavery you got to return to your own land. Your land was given back to you as a gift. The year of Jubilee was an incredible gift. Imagine the joy as that trumpet sounded. Imagine the joy in your heart as you're about to receive that gift, a gift of rest, a gift of freedom, a gift of forgiveness, a gift of new hope and new beginnings. But to see that year, to see that gift received, it required a couple of things. It required the people to trust God, to trust Him to provide for their needs when they did not sow or reap. And it required the people to be generous. It required all of those people who did have a roof over their head, people who did know freedom, people who did have a block of land to live on, it required them to be generous to those who did not. It required them to be generous to those that were in need. And the sad thing is, this was an incredible gift that God had given His people. But as far as historians and Bible scholars can determine, it was a gift that was never opened. It was a gift that they never enjoyed. It was a gift that was just left on the shelf because the people of Israel didn't trust God for a 50-year stretch. 
They kept losing faith in God's ability to provide. And the people weren't generous. They didn't want to be generous to those that were in need. And so this incredible gift that God had prepared for his people was never opened. But then hundreds of years later, Jesus turns up on the scene. And in his hometown, he preaches his first sermon. And he opens to Isaiah 61 and he says this. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He's sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That year of the Lord's favor is the year of Jubilee. Jesus is saying, now is the time. What you've never fully received under the law I'm freely going to give you under grace. And the good news is, you don't have to wait for 50 years to receive it. You can have it now. I've come to give good news to the poor now. I've come to cancel your debt of sin now. I've come to, to set you free from the slavery to sin now. Jesus is opening the door to a new way of life. He's opening the door to a, a new way of walking in His love and grace through His death on the cross that canceled the debt of your sin and His resurrection from the dead that give, made a way for you to receive new life in Him today and forevermore. It's a year of jubilee. I, I pray that you've opened that gift I pray in all of our campuses today, you've received that gift of salvation, that gift of freedom, that gift of forgiveness from Jesus. And if you have, Jesus calls his followers to trust him to provide, to trust our Father in heaven to provide for our needs and to be generous with those in need, to be generous with those who found themselves poor, Relationally, emotionally, financially, spiritually. Now is the time for us to give generously, to open new doors for people to come in and receive the hope of a new beginning in Jesus, to find healing in Jesus. And one of the reasons I love being the pastor of Gateway Baptist Church, one of the reasons I love Gateway Beyond Month, one of the reasons I love Commitment Sunday is because every year we give a generous gift to those that are in need. We give a generous gift to open new doors locally and globally for people to find hope and healing in Jesus. Over the years, we've given a lot of generous gifts to open a lot of doors. Just over 10 years ago, we opened the doors on our first campus down at almost 38 people, went down the highway and opened the doors on a worshipping community and is now a church of over 300 people, a thriving kids and youth ministry, people getting baptised and coming to know Jesus. A few years later, we opened the doors on a kids and youth building at Mackenzie for hundreds of kids and youth and young adults to come in every week and to hear the good news about Jesus. 
Jesus and have their lives transformed. In 2018, we opened the doors on an old basketball court, but it was an old basketball court down in the Redlands where people had prayed over that land for kids to come in and to hear the good news about Jesus. Decades later, God still heard that prayer and we opened the doors on a new campus down at Redlands. So exciting, last November to baptize 16 young people on one Sunday. At the same time, God said to us, Gateway's gonna have twins. You're gonna open doors to the east and to the west. And so three months later, we opened the doors on a new campus down in Logan with a dream in our heart for it to be a multicultural, multi-generational church. So exciting to be down there and seeing people coming to know Jesus every week. In 2019, you know, God had given us a word from Jeremiah 29 to actually be a blessing to the city, to move into the city, to plant in the city, and to be a blessing to the city. And I'm standing here today in our city camp that has been a blessing to the city, a blessing to those on the streets, a blessing to those who, who are working in, in office blocks and in government buildings throughout this city, even through COVID. This campus continued to be an incredible blessing to this city. And we had a dream in our heart to have care centers in every campus. And there's now care ministries opening the doors, you know, for those in need to come in and to receive hope and healing in Jesus in all of our campuses. But not just locally, we've opened doors for the Gospels all over the world. In South Asia, we've opened the doors on a training center in one of the poorest and spiritually oppressed nations in the world for people to come in and get trained with new skills, empowered out of poverty to actually uh, educate their kids and support their families and to hear the good news uh, about Jesus in... Um, in uh, Africa, in uh, Kitkem, Uganda, we've opened the doors, you know, on a, a health and maternity clinic, a great hospital of hope in a place where women were giving birth to their kids under the tree and many were losing their lives. They can now come into a safe place and families are flourishing. We've opened the doors on a medical training center in the Congo, one of the poorest, most war-torn countries countries of the world where there's nowhere near enough health professionals to care for all of the sick, but now health professionals are being trained and the sick are being healed. We've opened the doors in a village called in Sharima for a kid, on a church and a school and a medical center for, for people to come in living in a rural place of poverty to actually receive good news and not end up on the streets. We've opened the doors you know, on an accommodation center at I. Africa in Kenya for kids that have ended up on the streets to come in, have a roof over their head, get educated, hear the good news of Jesus and lives are being transformed. Over 10 years ago, we opened the doors on Bloom training center for girls rescued from trafficking come out of incredible darkness and they're finding healing they're finding hope they're finding joy in Jesus one day at a time and last Christmas we gave a generous gift of $220,000 to open the doors on a community center in Myanmar which has been closed to the gospel for decades for people to come in and to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and have their lives transformed forever come on people that's a 
a lot of doors in all of our campuses right now. Put your hands together and thank God for His provision and His generosity in His church. Come on, put your hands together. Say thank you, Jesus. You know, our heart, our heart is to see more families redeemed, to see more communities restored, to see more nations transformed by the love and the truth of Jesus. And we've been praying for a long time for God to send out the next wave of mission workers. It's been so exciting in the last year to see Melody go to Western Europe, making disciples of all nations, to see Bethany go to Kenya and actually giving hope to boys and girls coming off the street and hearing the good news of Jesus, to see Mike going to Asia, to a nation that's very close to the gospel. There's not many followers of Jesus there. Young people hearing the call of God, making a sacrifice to go and to share good news with people in great need. It's such a privilege to support them and to support all of our Gateway Beyond workers all around the world, all around this nation that are sharing the good news of Jesus. Come on, let's put our hands together for all of our Gateway Beyond workers today. Such a privilege to support them. And I want to encourage you to give generously again today. You know, a few years ago, we believed God was calling us to open some more doors for the gospel locally. And as COVID hit, we pressed pause on those plans. But we believe it's time to press on. Down in Ormo, we just know it's time to find a place that is a permanent presence, a family home for our church family down in Ormo, for people to come in and to hear the good news and to find a family that loves them. Down at Logan, the multi-generational, multicultural church has become a reality. And we believe it's time to actually build a kids and youth and a care building where people of all ages can come in and find hope and help in their time of need. At Mackenzie, we believe it's time to bring together and seamlessly connect all of our care ministries, our counseling center, our hospitality space and our worship space under one roof so people can come in during the week in their time of need and find help and find hope and actually find a, a space where they feel at home and come back on the weekend and find a family that loves them and find their way into the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ. In our Redlands and City Camp, we're currently in rented premises and we believe God is calling us to put money aside into building funds. So when the, day, the time comes, we're, we're ready to actually uh, create a permanent home for each of those campuses. All of that, supporting our care ministries, our beyond workers, and seeing all of our campuses open some new doors for people to come in and hear the good news is going to take a really big gift. We're believing that together we can give a gift of $1.7 million over the next 12 months to see all of that that God has put in our heart become a reality. You know, when Susan and I first arrived at Gateway 18 years ago, we, um, we were blown away by the generosity of this church to give to the mission of God. We'd never seen it before. But we soon caught a heart, a hold of the heart of God. And we began to give generously to Gateway Beyond on top of the tithe that we were given to our church. And we've just loved over the years seeing lives transformed all over the globe. 
I've only missed two commitment Sundays in 18 years. The first time I was preaching somewhere else. And while I wasn't there, Susan decided in the moment that God was convicting her to give double to Gateway Beyond in the next year. And so without consulting me, (laughs) she promised to give double. I wasn't happy when I got home. But we honoured that pledge. And do you know we never missed that money? And we just felt the joy of all that God was doing through Gateway Beyond. I'm not sure what campus Susan is in this morning, but I'm away preaching in Canberra at a conference today. So can someone just keep an eye on her for me? Don't let her pick up a pen. Because we actually have already decided this year to give double what we've given in the past. That there's an amount that we're going to continue to give to support all of our care ministries and our Gateway Beyond workers. And we just feel convicted by God to give the same amount to actually open the doors for more people to come in in our campuses. Now, I'm not saying this because we've doubled our giving every year for the last 18 years. That's not true. We haven't done that. And I'm not saying it because I think everybody should do what we're doing. What I am saying is give as God's calling you to give. Give generously to open more doors for the gospel locally and globally. I believe this is a time to sow generously to open new doors because we're coming up to a very exciting window in time. You know, in 2025, we're going to host the Baptist World Congress here in Brisbane. Tens of thousands of Baptists from around the world are going to come together and sow generously in prayer into this city. A few years after that, we're going to host the Rugby World Cup. People, this is the game they play in heaven. A little bit of heaven is going to come down to earth. In 2028, we are going to turn 100 as a church, and we believe that God's calling us to plant some more campuses before that time. 2032, as the Olympics is coming to Greater Brisbane, and every time the Olympics comes to a city, churches from all over the world come to share the gospel in that city, and we get to be a part of that and to see the fruit of that. It's going to be an exciting time. And in 2033... It'll actually be 2,000 years since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe churches all over the world, including us, are going to celebrate all that God has done and shine a bright light on Jesus in that moment. This is a time to sow generously, to open new doors, because we're moving into an exciting window of time. This is a pivotal moment in church history. You know, we've just gone through a global pandemic together. In our nation, we've got a generation confused about their identity more than ever before. There's a growing antagonism towards the church and the exclusive message of the gospel being the only power for salvation, more than I've ever seen before. Yet there's also a growing awareness that science and money can't solve all our problems. There's a spiritual hunger out there You know, people are seeking the the truth. And we can respond in a bunch of different ways. As a church, we could just stick our head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. We could shrink back and just survive, hope that Jesus comes again soon and we get to go to heaven. We could water down the gospel, make it more palatable 
to people. But I think the reason that we're all in the room today is because we believe the right way to respond is to seize this opportunity, to seize this opportunity in time to shine a bright light on the love and the truth of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen in all of our campuses today? This is a season. This is a season, church, to sow generously. It's a season to sow generously in prayer. I want to encourage you to pick up some of our Gateway Beyond Prayer cards. Put them on your fridge. Sow generously in prayer throughout the year. Sow generously of the gospel. Share the gospel with those that you live, work, and laugh with. I'm praying that you'll have the joy of standing in the baptistry with someone that you've shared the gospel with. And it's a season to sow generously of our finances, to open more doors locally and globally for more people to hear the good news of Jesus. I want to encourage you to give generously to Gateway Beyond today. I'm looking forward to all that God is going to do as together we open new doors for the gospel locally and globally. I'm going to hand over to our campus pastors today. They're going to share a story of what God is doing in, uh, in your campus and they're going to pray for us together as we give generously to Gateway Beyond for another year. I love your church. I love your heart. I love your generosity. I look forward to seeing you again soon. God bless. See you soon. Hey, we are, as Jay said, we've got invite a couple of really special people in a life of our campus just to come and share some of their story and what's been happening through their lives and in their lives because of a little place called Gateway Logan. So Leonore and Nat, will you guys come up and uh, come and share with us this morning a little bit of your story and what God's been doing. So can we give them a hand as they come up? Hey, look, let me just cut to the chase. Let me, get, let me get serious here. What's your most memorable and special gift you've ever got given? Um, my two kids. Your two kids. Okay, that is, that is a very good gift, actually. <laughs> that is a very good gift. Um, Leonor? Jared stole it before. <laughs> um, I was about, I, I, I know I was under four. I must have been my fourth birthday. I saw my mum transform a fabric into a beautiful dress for me. Um, and it was not easy for her. I remember watching her do it. There was no power at some point, and it was all in candlelight. It all happened. So it's my fondest memory. And if I see a fabric with a floral print, I'm sure somebody will remember me asking. Yeah. Uh, I go straight back there. Brilliant. I love it. Awesome, awesome. Well, I reckon mine would be 2022 NRL Grand Final for Melbourne Storm. But that's a, <laughs> there's a lot of other people that would agree with me here. Hey, uh... Lynn, will you share a little bit of your story with us this morning? I was born in India, um, the third of four siblings. Life was not easy, and it's thrown a few curveballs at me. I got married, had kids. It was a love marriage, but it was not easy. 
In 2008, with hopes and dreams for a better life, we moved to Australia. We came on a student visa and I was a student. And life was quite a struggle with two toddlers and working and studying. And in 2016, we became Australian citizens, so could call Australia home. Um, I've had a season of darkest nights that seemed hopeless. And as I was involved in an accident that nearly killed me and 16 others, the accident changed my life physically and mentally. And my already difficult marriage got harder. I was tired and I did not want any more of it. I wanted no part of this world as depression engulfed me. I felt stuck, but I survived. And I was not happy about it. Um, I grew up in a Catholic home and did know Jesus. Somehow in hard times, I forgot about all the good times and blessings. In hard times, I wondered why God would not answer my prayer and let me die. I finally managed to get out of this very difficult marriage that was abusive of 17 years. And I felt lonely, wrestled with depression and hopelessness. That's my story. <laughs> Thank you for having the courage to share your story with us. Leonor, if it wasn't the fact that you found yourself here, what would life have looked like? Uh, not so good. <laughs> uh, but what, if, uh, yeah, I'm sharing my story. I was sharing my story with Andrea, who's very kindly agreed to come here today. Um, uh, who I met in the most unusual of places, in a mosque during workshop, I was running there. And she asked me if I could invite, if she could invite me to a church, a Baptist church, would I come? I had an open mind and thought, what's the harm? If I don't like it, I won't go back. <laughs> so in February, I walked through those doors for the first time. And since then, the only time I've missed church is when I was down with COVID at the end of April. And I have been welcomed while I seek to belong. And I found the warmth of acceptance and place where I do feel belonged. I belong. And most importantly, I found Jesus again. So. <laughs> I still have my baggage, but here in my hope is restored. Life makes sense again as Jesus is back in, in it because I can talk to people um, who can pray with me and help me make sense and not judge me. My colleagues have seen a noted difference in, my, in me since me coming here. I'm a happier. Um, my happiness comes from, being, from finding Jesus again. I felt like a lost sheep, and now I'm found. Hmm. I don't know what God wants me around for, but whatever it is, I want to say yes. Here I am, Lord. <laughs> Leonor, thank you for taking the courage to go, hey, what else could go wrong? You know, what, you know why, why not turn up to church? You know, why not give it a shot? And yet here you are today. In your words, you found Jesus again and he found you again. And he's given you hope. And he's given your family to belong to as well. But there's another, another member of our family that couldn't be here today. Uh, and so talking with... With Michael during the week, he wanted to, he did a little video for us just to be able to give us an update and to share a little bit of his journey and what God's 
doing through his life when he can't be here with us this morning. So I invite you to just watch the screens for a few moments. Hello, my Gateway Logan family. I hope that you're all doing well, and I hope that you're having a wonderful Beyond Month. I've really enjoyed being able to uh, follow along online yeah, and hear stories like you know, Anna's story or Morris's story and just be encouraged um, yeah, by yeah, how they've you know, trusted God um, over all these years. And you know, I hope I can do the same. Uh, next month marks one year since I've been here in Southeast Asia. And over that time, I've yeah, made a lot of new relationships. And there's yeah, five young men in particular um, that I'm really looking to invest in uh, over the coming years. And you know, without your you know, sacrificial giving, without your financial support, you know, I would not be able to be here making those connections. So thank you for giving uh, financially and please continue to do that as well so that not just me but others uh, can yeah, make relationships that will be yeah, redemptive in the future. Uh, Thank you also for your relational support. You know, sometimes things you know do get hard here, and it's always encouraging to know that there are people supporting me. Um, yeah, from from Gateway Logan and from you know other parts of Brisbane as well. And lastly, thank you for your prayer support. Um, you know, like I said, there's these five young men that I really want to invest in over the, in the future years, and you know I know my good words aren't gonna you know be enough. It has to be you know the Holy Spirit touching them. So. Please continue to pray and you know, thank you for all your support. We'll see you soon. Michael, in the prime of his life, has made a decision, said yes to Jesus, and is now serving in Southeast Asia. As a church, we're talking and supporting and backing and encouraging, and he's able to check in on some life groups and be part of life still back here, even whilst he's far away. You know, it strikes me to go, you know, here's a young guy who could do many, many things. And yet, God's call in his life was to go to the other most place in the world and to share the good news of Jesus. An incredible personal cost. And yet, he's going to make a difference. And we get to partner with him. And we get to support him and back him and say, hey, mate, you're not alone. We're thinking and caring for you on today. But... There's another lady up here who, uh, Nat, will you share a little bit of your story and what life's been like for you? Um, so Dave asked two questions and I couldn't separate my story from my story, so he's not going to get to ask the second question. So I'm going to preface my story with a trigger warning for those dealing with pregnancy loss and miscarriage. If it's a tough topic for you, please feel to check out. Um, I've been there when people have shared and it's really hard, so that's my trigger warning. Paul and I got married in 2014, we're in our early 30s. Both of us dreamt about getting married and having two kids. We knew that time wasn't going to be on our, uh, on our side. It took us some time, some medical help and a lot of prayers and we were blessed with our daughter Paige in 2016. <clears throat> We waited until she was one under medical advice and we started trying for our number two and that would lead us into a five and a half year journey and it would take Paul and I into some pretty hard and dark places physically, emotionally, financially and spiritually. After a run of miscarriages we were finally excited to get to 18 weeks but in early July 2018 our baby boy had already gone to heaven. 
Around that same time Gateway Lucan had started, what we didn't know was the impact that this little church plant was going to have on our family's lives. Not long after we just started to come, just because Paige was bored being at home with an upset mummy, to give us some church environment where her cousins were. I was hurting, angry, confused and pretty much every other emotion you could imagine. I'd known Dave and Shadi for quite a while at this point through my brother and he knew a bit of our story. I told Dave we were coming to hide. I couldn't get involved. I didn't even really want to talk to people but I just knew I needed church for me and my family. I often sat over there the very edge of the room, almost trying to crawl into the wall. I cried for months and months and months at every service as we grieved the loss of our baby and experienced several other miscarriages. In total, we have 19 babies waiting for us in heaven. Dave just welcomed us, loved us and let me hide. Paul and I are pretty quiet. We don't often say much and it's hard for us to talk to people, but this church has been a lifeline in the midst of some pretty crazy times for our family. It took me a while to be, start to get ready to rejoin the world and then COVID hit. We're asked to join a life group over Zoom and now for two and a half years, Paul and I have been loved by these crazy, amazing people. We've cried together, laughed together, shared, prayed and given thanks, but mainly just laughed at each other and at one another, mainly at Dave. <laughs> but it's not just them who have impacted our lives and why we love coming. It's the kids' ministry team who love our little girl, the musicians that lead us into worship, those who have introduced themselves to us and those who have bravely gotten up to give their testimonies and have been baptised. You're the living heartbeat of this church. To be honest, I'm not sure where we would have ended up if we didn't find our way here. We've found that our church family here have been like a balm to a very dry and broken family. This beautiful church family have stood beside us and late last year we got to stand up as Dave announced we were pregnant. You may have seen Dave and us cry and some of my family that were here at the time and you're like, why? Why cry? Having a baby is a happy thing. But most of you didn't know our story. For us, it was a long-held dream and a miracle in the making. In February this year, we gave birth to a little baby boy, Caleb, and this church has loved us again and again. I can't imagine what these past few years would have been like without this family. I'm glad I don't have to wonder. We sang this morning that he's a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper. I struggled to sing that song for months. That was the song that was sung in church when we first came. And it was so hard because I didn't see it. But we got our miracle, just not in the way or the time that we thought it would be. But God found a way. So thanks. <laughs> I got through without crying. <laughs> <laughs> Nat and Paul, we love you guys as a church. Privileged to have been able to be on the journey. And now you all understand why I get teary when, I, when we talk about this stuff. And we hear the stories, and you now hear the stories of the heartache, and yet what God has done through it. And that as a church, because of you guys, because of all of us together, here's a young family who's found a place to belong, and have found a home 
that they can grieve through, hide through, but also be found through. Hey, can we just pray for these guys? So why don't you just reach out your hand this morning? God, thank you for Nat. Thank you for Leonor. Thank you for Michael. Well, the three incredible people with stories both of heartache, but also of the fact that a little church they found. And through that, they found Jesus, and they found community, and they found a place of hope. God, we thank you that this is not the only set of stories. There's been so many, and yet there's going to be so many more. God bless these guys this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, can we give them a hand as they, uh, as they come? Ash. See, we all love receiving gifts, don't we? You know, we all, we all love that moment at Christmas time where we walk out to the Christmas tree and there's a whole bunch of boxes wrapped in colorful paper. You know, we, the, we love the moment when it's our birthday. It was my birthday two weeks ago. I'm still waiting for all the gifts, all right? Just, just you know, and, and we love that moment where it's our birthday and we get gifts. Or we just love those moments when someone special to us goes out of their way to give us something big or small. You see, we all love receiving gifts. But in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it, we find these interesting words. It says this, In the words of the Lord Jesus, it is more blessed to give than receive. See, we all know that the joy of receiving a gift, but have you ever had one of those moments where you've, where you've carefully thought, where you've lovingly prepared, and you've picked out the perfect gift for someone special to you? You know that moment where, you've, where you're more excited about, you know, parents, okay, let's be honest, you know, that's us. We're more excited about the gift that our kids are going to give us, certainly at the, at the age of, of Matt and Caitlin's right now, when they're just little tiny babies, and we give them this gift, and we're excited about the gift, but they're a baby and they have no idea. I mean, they're more excited about the box and the paper than the gift itself. See, there's something about giving a heartfelt gift. See, this morning we're going to give a heartfelt gift. It's not equal gift, but it's equal sacrifice. See, I want to tell you a story that happened six years ago. A story, it goes that there was, a, there was a young pastor in a little church by the name of Andrew Appleton. And he called another pastor, another pastor in another church, and his name was Jason Ellsmore. And he calls, Andrew Appleton called Jason Ellsmore and said, mate, we've just had a members meeting last night and they've given the okay for me to call you and to say to you that we would like to become Gateway Logan. And that little church called Logan City Baptist Church gave a generous gift to the building we, stand, we sit in the building our kids are in. It's the land of the car parks that we just parked on and we're going to walk out and grab some food afterwards and stand after the, uh, under the new heaters this morning. 
they gave a generous gift. And so Pastor Jason and the team came down and they began to have a look at the facilities full of excitement because there was a promise from God that they were going to have twins. Jace talked about it before. And, and, and Redlands happened three months later. We happened. So Jace came down and the team and they had a look. And they realized that there was going to be need a, a whole lot of work that was going to be need to be done here. So that moment, two other campuses gave a generous gift. And we renovated these facilities. And we launched this campus. Because of the, the, the gift of two generous different groups of people. One, Logan City Baptist Church, and then two other campuses, none of which have been here or come here. Because of the generosity and the generous gift of some others, God has changed a whole lot of people. Couples have been married. Just like on Friday when I was able to marry Stephanus and Rach, a young adult couple from here. Babies have been born, like Matt and Caitlin and little baby Emily. Baptisms have been had in sometimes warm water and sometimes cold water. But it's back being hot, people, so. Funerals have been conducted. Life groups have started where people can connect and grow together. Some have stepped into their ministry calling. While others have found, simply found a place where they loved and accepted, where they thought they could never be loved and accepted before. Our first Beyond Worker was sent out, while, um, while other Beyond Workers are still planted in our campus. And 129 people have found Jesus here. All because of a generous gift from others who dreamt of what God was going to do here. This is a sketch. A very simple sketch of a building that we're going to build in the back corner of this property. To reach the generations of kids and young people that are coming through and that are yet to be born, like little Emily. This is going to be a building that's also going to house a wholeness and counseling center for our community, not just for, for all of us, but for our wider community, which then frees us up with the, the kids' building where it's jam-packed full of kids this morning that we can then repurpose to extend our Logan Care Ministries. And see, we want to do this because God's called us to bring revival to this city. See, this revival series that we've been walking through over these last couple of weeks was based around one passage. And it was Jesus' first ever sermon. I mean, Jesus could have launched in any one of a whole lot of different directions. He could have set it all up with a massive, big, who knows what. And yet what we find him doing is quoting an OG, OT prophet named Isaiah. And he starts his ministry and he reads from a scroll 
from the prophet Isaiah, and he says these words, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Who's the poor? Everyone. He sent us to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And as I was reading that this week, it struck me again that, that Jesus had a because, that you've got a because, and that we've together got a because. And I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but our city needs revival, doesn't it? Our city needs Jesus. He needs a hope in the midst of the uncertainty and the fear and the everything that they're walking through. See, our world, our, our, our city needs Jesus. Our nation needs Jesus. And our world needs Jesus. Our city needs revival. Our world and our nation needs revival and our world needs revival. And this morning we heard three different stories that happened all because some other people opened some new doors in a crazy place called Logan. And, and there's been a bunch of things said about this church that you can never grow a church of a significant size. We can never see people come to know Jesus and we can never see a church of multicultural. We can never see a a church where everyone and everyone is welcome, regardless of what you've done or what you're doing or what you could do. All because some people invested and gave to open new doors here. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.